The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What took an engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss AI-powered copywriting. Joining us is Julia McCoy, who is the president of Content at Scale, which is the leader in human-like scalable AI content creation that is taking the content and SEO world by storm with its intuitive innovations. Research-backed and AI-undetectable, the Content at Scale writing platform transforms keywords, documents, videos, and podcasts into one-of-a-kind long-form content. And in addition to providing us with our speaker today, Content at Scale is also a sponsor of the Voices of Search podcast. And today, Julie and I are going to discuss how to teach AI to write in your tone. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Julia McCoy, the president of Content at Scale. Julia, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Hey, Ben. It is so great to be here. Excited to have you here. You know, you are dead square center in the topic of the year. Artificial intelligence, creating content. Stop me if you've heard this one, but apparently AI is taking over the content game. How did you get into this space? Oh, it really is. Well, last year, actually go back two years, I sold a writing agency that I built to 100 writers. And I saw GPT on the horizon, but I didn't think that it was going to replace what I did for a living because it was so nuanced to be able to write content and sell that content to clients. Very, very tough job. So I'm like, "Mm, I don't think AI or GPT is going to replace what I'm doing. And I can tell you this year, 2023, 100 million writing jobs are set to become obsolete. So last year, what I did after I sold the agency was I studied the landscape, was pretty much a naysayer, told people AI is garbage pretty much the whole year. Even when ChatGPT came out, I was against it. I did not see it functional. This January is when I found Continent Scale, which was one of the only solutions I've found that functions like a human content production system, meaning you can actually generate content that is fully original, doesn't share any of your data with the general public. So you do have safety around proprietary thoughts, data, and it's originating content that you could sell because it's fully original, undetectable, not plagiarized. So when I found it, I had to get real with myself and the people that follow me. I've written eight books, talked a lot about content through the last 10 years. So I told my audience, I think I found a solution. And I pitched the founder on working in the company. He said, sure, come on board. And I started out as a VP of marketing, went to the president in about three months. It was a 
really new, fairly new startup, barely four months old when I joined. Now it just crossed a year and it's been a wild ride. It's the fastest growing AI writer for SEOs. I think we just crossed 2,900 users and in less than 11 months. So it's been absolutely insane to be a part of it. Really exciting journey. So Julia, there's a big departure here from your experience as somebody who's worked in content production, worked with humans, obviously creating the content, you know, how we used to write content, the old school way. It seems like the primary concern that people that are relying on people to write their content is that AI doesn't understand me. It doesn't understand my tone. You get a very generic type of content that just takes as much time and effort for a human to edit as it does to write to be high quality content. So talk to me a little bit about teaching artificial intelligence to write with your tone. How do you make sure that when you're using AI to create content, you're not just getting something that's generic? Yes, that is a great question. It was something that I asked Last year, it's why I didn't quickly adapt to ChatGPT, because the truth is you have to create a million prompts in order to refine it and tell it your style. And even then, sometimes it's completely off or completely fictitious. I fed it who I am about me, and it was still generating content saying that I was the owner of some marketing agency that I've never even worked at in my life. So. I was called the uh, founder of Sendoso oh. on uh, ChatGPT early on. I don't think it's calling me that anymore. I, I've never worked at Sendoso. And boy, would I love that paycheck. But anyway, go on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's a problem. The um, generation of content that's not accurate to us and our personal experience. So that's a big question. How do we actually work that into content that we're generating with AI? And something that I do a lot of in my work at Constant Scale with agencies, marketers, is I show them how to use what we have built into our tool, which is an AI training tab. And in that section, you can load it with examples of your content, whether that's a blog, a book, anything that you wrote that is 100% your style. So you can load that into the software, and then it begins to train on your style. But then we always recommend, you know, go through the content and add in personal experience, add in things that are only known to you. Because in the end, that is what makes content stand apart from the sea of similar topics out there is your personal experience. You can train AI, that's the answer, but you also still want to humanly optimize that content and add in your personal experience. So let's talk a little bit about that because your background has been training writers to write in your tone, right? When you're working and developing an agency and you need to write for third-party companies, you need to hand them some sort of a style guide that teaches the humans to write so it all sounds like it's from a consistent voice. Is the style guide that you're creating to give to a human different than the type of information that you're giving to artificial intelligence? And if so, how is it different? Yes. So I would say we can give artificial intelligence a much simpler style guide. So previously with a writer back in the old days, you had to identify a ton of things, whether that was the correct way to spell your brand name, things not to say competitors you don't want to mention. So AI actually has an advantage over a human in that it can be trained and it can stay within that lane more reliably than a human because we're prone to error. You know, we get hungry, we get tired, we forget things. AI doesn't, there is hallucination, but all of that's getting better 
as time goes on and GPT itself gets better and better. So I think we're just going to see AI get better at this. So you do want to feed it your style guide, but you can do it in a simpler way, especially if you're using a prompt free tool, which that's what content of scale is. So instead of prompting it, you're basically just setting up a project, training that project, and then that project mimics your voice. Whereas with ChatGPT, you're setting it up usually with at least 10 different prompts, you're training it on your style. So if you have a prompt free tool, you can actually use the training sections in there and the project itself and set that up for success. And then over time, it's just going to get more and more accurate. And I've seen this, I've published over 70 blogs completely with AI for Content Hacker, my site. And right now, the way the project is set up, it's training on my voice. And I'll tell you, the last 10 blogs that it generated for me, the intro section, which is the hook, the most important piece of your blog, nailed my voice. In fact, so much, I didn't want to make a single edit. That's how accurate it was. So AI can get insanely good at this part. It's funny. I was working yesterday. I was creating a GPT, just messing around, uh, seeing if I could give chat GPT the context of what I wanted a YouTube thumbnail to look like. So can I give it the training material saying, here's what the format I want my YouTube thumbnails to look like. And when I give you a podcast name, guest speaker title, the guest speaker's headshot, can you put that into the format? And it was all over the map, did not work one bit. Maybe that's an issue with Dolly and the image creation as opposed to just text, but I felt like there was so much variability in training the content. And my hope was I could give more and more examples of what I thought was good to have ChatGPT understand what I liked and what I didn't. But it didn't seem like it was getting the uh, refinements that I was hoping for by giving it more data. When you are training your GPTs, or in your case, using content at scale, and you're giving your artificial intelligence solutions more information, how do you avoid having that confuse the AI by giving conflicting information? I want one blog post to sound like this, but the other one sounds a little bit different. So how does the GPT understand what you really want? Yes, that is very, very tricky grounds. I think how we understand AI is important to understanding how to approach that. So if we think of ChatGPT itself, that's one LLM large language model. And it's kind of like the alphabet soup versus what we can actually do with the alphabet, which is create words. So continent scale, other tools like it, Jasper is more generalized, but continent scale is a good example because it's a very specialized tool built with three different LLMs. So whenever you're using ChatGPT, you do have to do a lot of variability prompting and you have to work on it and you're not always going to get what you want to see because you're basically working with the open source alphabet of LLMs. So there's going to be a lot of work you have to do and you still have to expect it's going to go into the wild west of everything because you're working with the alphabet. Whereas when you're working with tools that entrepreneurs have built off of the back of that alphabet, you're working with more defined models. So when you feed content scale a project, when you set up a project, you're working within a set of parameters that a full-time team of developers built where they're basically taking the LLMs and saying, do this and this only. And that's why you can expect more consistently accurate output. So it's really important to think correctly here. There's so much we can do with 
chat GPT with GPT itself. But we have to remember that's a very generalized solution. We're not going to get like that specialized tone of voice. It's always going to potentially hallucinate. But if we use solutions that were built on the backs of that, we're going to have a more secure parameter to work within. Yeah, I get what you're saying. The chat GPT is meant to be everything to everyone. Right. And if you're looking for a specific content writing tool, mostly for long format content, and you really want to nail your tone, you should work with a tool that is specifically built for that. Or Correct. use ChatGPT and try to replicate it. That seems to be something that if you spend enough time refining your prompts or building a GPT, you might be able to create content for your specific needs. But there is a time investment that goes into that. Talk to me about that time investment. What's the difference between hiring and training writers to get your tone, trying to use a tool like ChatGPT and, and building your own infrastructure or you know, using a third party, something like content at scale? Yeah, so I think the opportunity here is wild um, with what we can do with content itself. You know, I've heard it said we're in this golden age of content and content is the thing that's actually the hardest in all of marketing, creating that content. So we're in a place in time where technology can function and mimic a human in the content creation. And we've never had that before. So that in itself is amazing. And that's what we do with it. That's going to either dramatically decrease time and cost or not because we can actually add time if we're doing it backwards. So what you want to think about is what's the goal of the content piece? What do I want to do with it? And then work kind of backwards from there and how you approach AI itself. Like how do I, which tool do I use? What's the goal here? If it's long form chat GPT, you aren't necessarily going to save time. You will save cost if you go use chat GPT instead of a writer, but you may not really save time and the end product of what you would get could be lower quality than a writer. And if that's happening, we have to ask ourselves, well, do we even want to reinvent the process or just go back to the human only way? So we need to think about this in a way that does save us time, does get us better output. Otherwise it just, it makes sense to keep doing it humanly. So that's the, that's the thinking we need to have whenever we approach this is like, seriously compare it to a human writer. And if it's not as good, then keep looking for the right solution in AI until you get there. So the last thing we want to do is kind of sell ourselves short and just create crappy content. And a lot of marketers are headed there because ChatGPT looks like a quick fix, a quick solution, because copy is the hardest thing. It's usually the most expensive thing in content creation. And so now we have what looks like a quick hack, but really, is it producing content that we can use that replicates our brand? at a way where it sounds human-like and it's going to impact the end human. Because in the end, we're humans talking to humans. It can't sound robotic. There's the metaphor of when you're in marketing or creating content specifically, you have to pick two of these variables, fast, cheap, and good. And it seems like when you're working with a writer, you're getting good. I don't even know if it's cheap, or fast, right? Uh, you're, you're just getting good quality content. It takes time and it's more expensive. So maybe we've broken the mold here. 
it seems like when you're working with developing your own systems, you're probably going to get fast and cheap. And it seems like content at scale is fast and good. So talk to me a little bit about the pricing and how do you think about differentiating between creating your own generic content, working with a writer to create something that's obviously handcrafted, and then a, a content tool like content at scale? Yeah. So obviously we have ChatGPT at 20 bucks a month now, which looks like the cheapest solution in the world, but is that content original or is it duplicate plagiarized and would it be actually setting us back to publish it? So that's one side. And then we have traditionally the human writer, which is anywhere from five to 25 cents a word could cost us $900 as I've paid in the past for one good blog. So that's expensive. And then you're waiting. And then you have the other side, which is the higher tier end of AI tools and technology built on the backs of these LLMs to give you a predefined result. So that's an example of what content at scale is a tool built by entrepreneurs to give you a specific end result. So with that tool, the pricing there is a penny per word, and you're getting content that would probably require about an hour or less of human editing. So you still want a human in that process. You could go completely human free, try to trust AI to do everything, go really cheap. But then are you even getting content that helps your brand at all? You could go the human only route, wait weeks, spend hundreds of dollars. Is that the right route when you can save money and time now? Or you could go the route of technology built using LLMs that gets you human-like output, but you still need a human driving it. It's a lot like when the tractor came out, didn't eradicate the farmer. The farmer just sat in that driver's seat. So at, you know, what I recommend where we're at right now is you still need a writer or let's say it's a SEO in your team, a project manager, somebody who's amazing, and they have a few, two extra hours a week. Well, they could take that two hours, put it into AI and get two amazing articles. Whereas before two hours would get you barely a start of a draft. So we can really exponentially increase the good people on our team have less headcount, not have to go hire an army of writers anymore, and still have great content production. Yeah, what I'm hearing from you is the cost went from you know nine hundred, a thousand dollars for really top tier blog posts. I'll use a thousand dollars to to use a round number. You can use ChatGPT and get it for twenty dollars, but you have variable outputs. You know, it depends on the format of content, and you're probably not getting something that's seen as unique. You definitely are going to get noticed for having AI generated content, and then you could use a third party solution. And well, if you're asking what the cost trade off at a cent per word, you're looking at ten dollars for a thousand word article. Now there is still some labor costs associated with that. So if you're saying I'm going to pay an editor. an hour, probably above market rate is my guess, to edit a completed piece of content. It's going to take them an hour, and now you're looking at another $50. So you're looking at $60 instead of $900 or $1,000 per blog post for what seems to be a similar output. So look, this is the way of the world. I like your metaphor of saying that when the tractor was invented, it did not get rid of the farmer. It just changed the farmer's job. And now, look, writers are going to become editors. So maybe there is less demand for writers. They are still relevant. You still need a human involved in the process to some extent to be able to create your content. 
And at the end of the day, what you really want is something that is within your tone and is net unique. And that's why tools like Content at Scale are so attractive. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Julia McCoy, the president of Content at Scale. Join us again tomorrow when Julia and I continue our conversation talking about how Google detects AI content. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Julia, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is Julia E. McCoy. That's J-U-L-I-A-E-M-C-C-O-Y. Or you could visit her company's website, which is contentatscale.ai. Again, that's contentatscale.ai. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 